Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances, yes, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face them alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your co-host for the next 30 minutes, because yes, true to his word, <laughs> Five is here with me again, two weeks in the row, and the crowd <laughs> went wild. Woo! Or mom did, one or the other. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you're here because last week we started our discussion on five aspects of a financial plan. And you and I both know we could dial that down and make a zillion different parts of a financial plan, yep. but there's key areas. So what I wanna do is I'm gonna quickly review what we talked about last week, and then I'd like you to take it from there and we'll cover the last two. That way we make sure we wrap it up with a nice bow. So we started by talking about goal setting. Yes. When we are creating a plan with an individual, we want to know what direction they're going. Many times we hear them say, oh, I just need to retire. I came to you because I need to retire. But what I love that we do that's so different is slow the train down and say, okay, yes, I agree, you can retire. But what is it that's driving? What does retirement look like for you? And as you said last week, Five, what a great way for us to be able to say, hey, can we take pieces of that and begin enjoying it now? You know, nothing makes me sadder than someone who says, okay, I just got to slug it out for the next 20 years and then I'm finally going to make it to retirement and then I'll be able to enjoy life. Yeah, I kind of don't think that's the way God wanted it designed. What are the pieces we can do now? So goal setting to me is very realistic. Uh, and again, we talked last week, not just financial goals, but spiritual goals. We talked about relational yeah. goals. You know, where do we want to build those relationships? Emotional goals. We talked about physical goals. And then what is our outlook on life? You know, some people we meet very negative. The world's going to crash tomorrow. Well, okay, so let's go ahead and make sure we're living God's purposes today, right? <laughs> we want to make sure we're responsible, yeah. but still uh, have a positive outlook on life. Then the second area we talked about, spending game. Uh, I keep calling it a spending game. It works. <laughs> I know. But so uh, we'll all have fun with it and roll the dice. But what I mean to say is a spending plan. Yeah. Because a spending plan says, listen, we know this money can't sit under your mattress. It can't sit in the coffee can in the backyard. It's got to be spent. And it needs to have a certain purpose for it. Maybe that's a better way to say it. all our dollars have a specific purpose. And we need to make sure they're all put in the right place and that we know how much they're going to need. Yep. You know, Five, you gave a great example about when you sit down with people and you say, hey, listen, yes, I want to help you plan for retirement, but what does it take for you to live on? Yeah. Yeah, I, that is the key. That is the ultimate number that we're all looking at. I, I've sat across from millions mm -hmm. and said, there's not enough. Yeah. And I've sat across from a couple hundred thousand and said, go enjoy. Right. Right. And not that there's ever a guarantee, just mm -hmm. saying. But, <laughs> but it's really about that spending plan, that spending game, that cost of living, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. Ultimately, knowing how much you're going to need on an annual basis, that's what we need to know. So that way we can properly project that we can 
put in inflation and we can put in cost of living adjustments, mm -hmm. things like that to really get a good picture. And I know one of the things you said last week, I'm going to not stay here very long. We'll keep moving forward. But I just loved how you talked about, listen, we can have hypotheticals and yep. we can have all types of software that says, yes, you're going to make it. But just because you're entering the numbers into the software doesn't mean your financial plan is healthy. Just like when you step on a scale, it's going to tell you a number, but it doesn't mean that you're a healthy individual. Yeah. So I love that. The last one that we ended with last week was we talked about mitigating risk. And I loved how you said after the program, mom, mitigating risk is just a very fancy way to confuse people and scare people. It's really what we are doing is we're looking at all the different risks that are out there, currency risk, health risk, longevity risk, market risk, you name it, they're yeah. out there and saying, which are the ones we can actually do something about. Yeah. What can we put in place to help? Where are the parachutes that I can put on each situations to help give this a soft landing? And we did, we talked about estate planning, like yep. you know, making sure you have a will, healthcare proxy, power of attorney. We talked about life insurance. We briefly talked about it, but making sure that we have resources left behind for others, long-term healthcare, you know, just looking at diversification. Ecclesiastes, I love it. Did you know the Bible talks about investing? And it says to put it out on different areas because you don't know on which it shall return. So to me, that's a way to mitigate. That's a way to reduce risk in your life is to say, okay, I've got the proper buckets in place for the ones I need to tap into. So now what I want to spend the rest of our program on today is the last two. Because part of creating the financial plan is building wealth mm -hmm. and then understanding how taxes and inflation want to rob it from you. <laughs> Basically, that's it in a nutshell. But let's talk a little bit about building wealth. I'd like to get your take on it. Uh, I know you meet with a lot of clients and then I'd like to talk to you about it as well. So. Yeah, and I'm sure that we're going to overlap on some things here, totally which is you ideal. You think you, that we would work together. And I know. <laughs> it's almost like you raised me. Uh, so. The first thing I want to say, though, is when I hear the word wealth, I know a lot of people consider it the same mm. thing as rich. And I view them as two very different yes. things. Rich is a bank account. It's the number in your bank account, mm, your investment true. account. It's solely financial. Wealth is mindset. So when we talk about wealth and building wealth, Part of what I'm going to focus on is the mindsets behind it, right? Mm -hmm. So going back to that budget, that cost of living point, right? When we're trying to build wealth, part of that is not robbing today's lifestyle, but it's staying true to the budget, right? right. Coming to an agreement, especially if you're married, you both coming to an agreement of this is the lifestyle that we're okay with because it allows us to do, you know, put these things away for the future. Mm -hmm. It's all about the mindset, the habit. It's taking those steps mm -hmm. and having the determination and yeah. the willpower to walk those steps out, right? Right. Because some of those steps are long steps. Mm. They take years. Yes. Some of the steps you'll find, they fall right after each other. They're yep. within months. <laughs> but wealth and building it really comes down to do I have the right habits? Do I have the discipline? Do I have the determination? And this even bridges to the goal point, right? Mm -hmm. Because part of wealth in my mind is the idea that, hey, that might make you happy, but it doesn't make me happy. So I'm not gonna include that in my definition mm -hmm. or my goal, right? So part of it is taking control of your finances and not letting them control you. right? So having that budget in place 
you know, to me, that's taking control of your resources. Yes. Otherwise, if you have don't have a budget and you're just spending money and then what's left at the end of the month is what's left at the end of the month, that's them, your finance is controlling you. Yes. And instead, if we can turn around and say, no, this is what I've allotted for myself, you know, and I, again, not saying you live on beans. Right. <laughs> it's more of just having control, knowing, yeah, I'm okay spending this money to go out with the kids to the water park because it's hot and I want to build that memory. Right. You know, that is, to me, start, the start of building wealth as long yes, as you're is. doing it responsibly. I love that five. You know, I had wrote in my upcoming speech that I'm doing that my definition of wealth. So my definition of wealth includes internal contentment, mm. financial savvy, and societal change. That's yeah. my definition of wealth. And when you look at that, think about Mother Teresa. She was wealthy and people Absolutely. would be like, no, she's not. Well, let's see. Was she following what she felt she was called to do? Internal contentment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she gave her life to it. This is what I'm made to do. Then the second thing is, was she financially savvy? You might say, well, she didn't have any money. Was she able to take whatever resource she had to help her accomplish what her goal was? Yep. Yes, she did. And did she create societal change? Oh, oh just a tad. <laughs> and I look at that and I would say each one of us has the responsibility to create wealth. And understand when we're saying that, we're not saying you have the responsibility to create riches. That's not what I said, though that would be nice. What I did say was you want wealth more than riches because wealth says, I understand who I am. I know why I'm on this planet. I know what my purpose is. I know the things that light me up, Remember, yep. right? We talked last week about having that vision board, the yep. things that just, I don't know why, how to describe it, but I look at that picture and I just, oh, gets to me every time. But having that vision board and then saying, you know, I'm going to be financially savvy, whether it's you have two pennies or whether you have two million, it's that faithful with a little makes you ruler over much and then societal change. And we talked about this because you said, well, mom, not everyone wants to create societal change. But to me, I look at it and I say, if I make change in me then I will create societal change because I will impact, well, I'll impact my son, I'll impact my children, hopefully impact my husband, and then they'll go and they're gonna impact, it's gonna impact my clients. So if we just take societal change and say, I'm gonna do it to me and change me, there's a book, Lord Change Me, right? And we do that, then I believe that we're walking in wealth. And if we'd understand that, there will be a lot more wealthy people walking around that now have contentment. Yeah. Now, let me, I just want to give you one example. Uh, it's it's uh, the story about Ali Hafed. And Ali Hafed was this very wealthy Persian farmer. He had lands. He had, talk about gardens. I like gardening. <laughs> he had gardens. He had what you would think was everything. And then one day he heard these stories about these diamond mines that were in Africa. And he's like, what? And then they began to talk about how much money these diamonds were worth. <laughs> And he said, well, that's what I want. I want to be as rich, notice the difference, rich and wealth. I want the riches they have. And this is what's so sad, is that he then went and sold all his land. He left his family and went in search of riches. He wanted to find the diamonds. After years and years going all over the African continent, he got to this place where he was so despondent broke, 
that he threw himself into a tidal wave. He went to Barcelona, threw himself into a tidal wave and drowned. That was his life, searching for riches. Now, the same, carry this through, the person who bought his land, let's talk about that one. He's taking his little camel down to the water. This is true, true yeah. story. Takes his camel down to the little water brook in the garden. Camel's there, camel nuzzles this black, ugly piece of coal. You know where I'm going. They open it up, it's a diamond. Then they go in and they search. It is now the largest diamond field, diamond holdings, was on Ali Hafid's land. But he thought, well, what someone else has is better than I have. And I could have more money if I go do that. And so what he did is, five, he traded what he had for something he never could get anyplace else. And I think many times if we could come to the place where we say, what is it that we really want in life? That's the first thing. Okay, I want time with my family. Let's just say, okay, I want time with my family. All right, well then now I'm going to look for what are the raw forms of diamonds in my life that I have around me that can help me reach this goal. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's what are my skill sets? What are my talents? What am I good at? I could actually make money doing that and that money could pay the bills so then I could go have more time with my kids. But most people, they negate that they have any type of skill set or talent. And so they have these dreams, but don't see that they have raw diamonds in their hands and spend their whole life chasing something and, and are discouraged. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have come into my office and who say, I hate my job. Well, think about the time that we the people spend. I mean, five, yeah. look at you and I, we go to work. Please don't say you hate your job. No. But, <laughs> but we go to work, we spend hours here. I can't imagine doing it when you're unfulfilled and you hate it. Yeah. And that's why to me, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Let's not, let's not chase the riches. You wanna build wealth? I would say the very first thing is you're gonna go back to, okay, what internally satisfies me? Because there's a God-given desire in you. And then what are the skill sets he gave me so I can work at them and then I'll stop preaching and we'll take a break. <laughs> but what I see five is what if, what if, cause I was just, I was a stay at home mom. We were made cookies yep. together. We did all this. What if I'd said, oh, it's too hard to go get my CFP designation. Oh, it's too hard to learn all this money stuff. What if I had just said it's too hard and not use the giftings God had given me? Where would I be right now? Where would you be right now? And I think just like that camel that hit that ugly piece of coal and the guy knew enough to say, what could this be? That we need to find the ugly pieces of coal in our lives and realize God has put diamonds in those to create provision. Amen. All right, so with that, I'm gonna take a quick 60 second break and then we're gonna be back. I wanna give some practical, that was practical, but I also wanna give some other tips when it comes to building wealth, ways to look at it, and then let's talk about how tax inflation are gonna to try to undo what we just did. And we'll be back in 60 seconds with more Crystal Clear Finances. Is life insurance just about a death benefit? or are there ways to use it while you're still alive? 
Well, yes, there are many strategies when it comes to life insurance, and it's key to find the one that's right for you. Join us at the Crystal Clear Finances Life Insurance Strategies Workshop on Wednesday, September 20th at 6 p.m. as we demonstrate strategies for purchasing a car, sending kids to college, investing in real estate, or creating tax-free retirement income. Learn how to use the tax advantages of life insurance while you're still alive. Join us on Wednesday, September 20th at 6 p.m. Call 518-433-7181 and register for this free life insurance strategy workshop today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. My name is Crystal Langdon, and I am joined here by George Edmund Langdon the Fifth, or we call him Five, or you can call him George, but you can call the office at 518-433-7181 and say, I want to sit down with one of you and talk about how financial planning can work in my life. So Five, I know I got a little bit preachy right before the break, and you're thinking, not surprised. Uh, but we were talking about these five parts of a plan and where we're focusing on right now is building wealth. So I'd like you to add, like, what are some practical steps when people, they know, they understand, okay, this is where I want to go. I understand I'm going to start sharpening my skill sets, but what are some other things that they can do um, in regards to building wealth? Yeah, one thing though, uh, just off of your building wealth component mm-hmm. is when we start talking about generational wealth and the the reason why I will t- typically advise people not to go after the riches, the riches will come, they are a byproduct, yeah, right? So, good. so to me, I look at it and I think of generational wealth and I think of a lot of wealthy people now. And to me, what's amazing is you can never underestimate or discount or undervalue the person in their family, because mm-hmm. there was somebody yeah. that decided I'm gonna change And I'm going to, you know what, maybe I don't have the ability to go make millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. but I have the ability to instill good habits and discipline into my children. Mm -hmm. And I will do that. I'll make sure that, you know what, I don't have debt, that I'm responsible with what I have and I live within my means and all of that. And I'm going to teach my children how to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then it never fails. Children have all of a sudden this new skill that does allow them to make more money. One of the things I always say is, I hope my my ceiling is my daughter's floor. Yes. Right? And so when we're talking about generational wealth and just building wealth, understand sometimes it really isn't about you building this a mass rich component. Sometimes it's about instilling those habits. And that's actually my answer to this Mm -hmm. question of what can we do it's starting to take control of your finances as opposed to letting them control you. Yes. So that's gonna go back to the saving or to the spending plan, to the cost of living component, knowing where your money is going and why. And sometimes that means that, you know what? I enjoy that coffee, I'm gonna buy it, right? Right. But knowing that you're doing that, making the conscious decision rather than losing that money and being like, oh my gosh, I spent how much on coffee? Right. Right. The other thing that I would say is 
And I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> I can jump right in because this is where I wanted to add something because Hal Elroy, Elrod, has a book called Miracle Mornings. And that's a great book because when I first got into how am I going to build this, right? He talks about every morning, what is your routine? And literally says, okay, if this is where you say you want to go and this is what lights your fire and you can see down the road, okay, 10 years from now, I'm going to be this. I want you to back it up. And then back it up and say, okay, well, what are the steps I need to take today? So he has it where, and so I've copied this, you guys witnessed yeah. this, where, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So every morning I'm going to do my workout bike, and then I'm going to make sure that I have a protein shake. And then I'm going to, because I'm layering all the successful habits, which is exactly what you were saying, into a pattern. And I call them my patterns of wealth because that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I am creating patterns of wealth. And I notice that my children have picked up those patterns and then they've added their own patterns to it. And I think there's practical things we can do like beginning to do our savings. We can begin to have a pattern of, okay, every Saturday I'm gonna sit down. I like to use the blueberry coffee. You don't have to have blueberry <laughs> coffee, but you sit down with your coffee and say, I'm setting the, the timer one hour, I'm going to look at my finances. I'm going to look to see what's coming in. I'm going to look to see what's going out. I'm going to look to see who owes me money. I'm going to look to see who I owe money to. I'm going to look to, and this part I love, I'm going to look at what resources do I have available in the event of an opportunity. Notice mm -hmm. I didn't say in the event of emergency. Yeah. I'm already planning there's going to be opportunity because I'm doing patterns of wealth. I'm taking care of my emotions. I'm taking care of my physical being. I'm taking care of myself spiritually. I'm reading financial books. I'm listening to podcasts. So I'm putting those patterns in place so that those around me can echo it. I'm doing the financial steps. I expect God to give me opportunities. So I'm always looking. Now, in the beginning, it may be discouraged. You're like, Five bucks. I got five bucks. But you know what was so cool? I had a client. This is a true yeah. story. Sound of Freedom, that movie that's out right now. She was able, it was a little more than $5, but she was able to invest in that company and she got all her money back. Now, this is not a recommendation for my compliance department, but I'm just saying that was something where she said, oh my gosh, part of her goals yeah. that she wanted to be involved in impacting what kids are watching. Yeah. And she wanted to be part of the impacting the family unit. So when this movie opportunity came out through Angel Studios that said, hey, you know, you have an opportunity to invest. She was all over that and already got her money back. I say that because we have to look, even with a small amount, be ready for the opportunities God has. And that to me is about building wealth. Abs absolutely, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> All right, so let's go into the next one. So we've got uh, about seven minutes to bring this home. So the last one I wanted to talk about was understanding how taxes and inflation can affect retirement planning. And before I toss it over to you, Five, I just wanna reiterate what we said last week. You can have a financial plan put together, but just because it was put together 10 years ago doesn't mean it's relevant to today. Financial plans are wonderful because they point the ship in the right direction. But we have to watch for whatever the crosswinds come or the currents or things that pull us off track. We just need to keep focusing, getting back to the right direction. Well, taxes, when taxes are increased, when inflation goes, we have to make the adjustments. We can't, we can't in my opinion, we shouldn't keep spending in retirement the same way we were when huge situations have come. 
Inflation skyrocketed. Rocketed. You've lost your part-time job. Things are happening, and yet the money's still going out. We've got to be able to say, okay, what are the things happening in the economy? Are they directly impacting me? How do I mitigate that risk or lower that risk and to be able to handle it? So one of the areas I look at is IRAs. Because 401ks and IRAs, people are nonstop put, I shouldn't say that, they tend to put a lot into their 401ks and IRAs. But understand, when you get in retirement, we have to say, how much would you like withheld for federal and how much would you like to withhold for state? And five, you both, we both know when they say nothing, we say, okay, but it will you know, show up in April. So do you want us to take it now or not? So we have to realize that when we prepare for retirement, we can't just be using tax deferred vehicles because that will eat away what's available to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things to keep in mind is that tax deferred vehicles, they can be great. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have this mindset that, well, when I retire, I'm gonna be at a lower cost of living Right. Because maybe my house got paid off. You know, now I qualify for enhanced star. So I can right. go ahead and do that. that right. My cost of living is going to be lower in retirement. So the tax deferred makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes it actually does. Sometimes you're at your peak earning years and sometimes it makes sense to say, yeah, I'm going to take a little bit less. In, right. 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 But other times that's not a be all fix all type. Thing, right. 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 Because at times you actually may pay a higher tax in mm. retirement because when we take inflation into account, right? And let's kind of remove 2022 okay. when, when you're talking seven, right. 8% is what they listed it at. Yeah. And let's be honest, I mean, gas was up over 25%. So when we look at, um, when we're looking at retirement, what we have to realize is, okay, even if we reduce our lifestyle, what ha so you paid off your mortgage, well, what happens if your taxes went up by that much, right. right? Or that much, or to a certain degree, and then gas costs more. So now your cost of living costs more, and you have to pull out the same amount of money. So when you're using solely tax-deferred vehicles, that means you could be taking out just as much as you were mm -hmm. making previously, and you're going to get taxed at that rate or higher. One of the things I like to always point out is back in the 1940s when they went from, they had a tax rate of 81% yeah. mm -hmm. at the top tax bracket. To mm -hmm. be fair, this was a top tax bracket. And if you were making $5 million or more, that's what bracket you were in. In the 40s, if you're making $5 million, okay, yeah. You are rich and you're, yeah, you're you making are. a lot of money. <laughs> the next year though, mm -hmm. they dropped that bracket entrance to 200,000. Yes. And they increased the rate to 88. Yes. So to me, people say, well, still 200,000 in the 40s was a lot of money. Well, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. My concern is not the values that they put onto this. It's the giant shift in the yes. values, right? So knowing that that is an option there, and I'm gonna go back to the plan, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Where with a plan, we need to account for different risks. Taxes is one of those. Huge one. Where I like to use some tax advantage vehicles. I even like to use some taxable vehicles, mm -hmm. right? So that way, if all of a sudden they say, hey, we've got new tax laws and these are the new brackets and we're gonna charge more for the next, you know, however many years until it sunsets, mm -hmm. right? Okay, well then maybe we'll take from the IRA still, 
uh, instead of taking more from the IRA, we're going to take from the taxable portion or we're going right. to take from the Roth portion. And we're going to use them in conjunction with each other yes. to lower that. The other thing when we're talking about tax deferred vehicles is well, it actually impacts whether your social security is taxed. Yes, that's true. And people that don't sounds, know that. Yeah. It sounds crazy because we're taxed to get social security. So, <laughs> so then they're going to tax it again. But either way, the point here mm -hmm. is really that we have to watch what vehicles we're using. Mm -hmm. Just like we want to diversify our investments, we want to diversify the tax vehicles we're using yeah. to save for retirement. So that way, we can take advantage of tax savings now, mm -hmm. but also not put us in a situation where we are completely at the mercy of whatever's going on in the country and whatever taxes are needed when you're in retirement. Again, it comes back to we need to build contingency plans. Yes. And, and five, that was well said, because when you look at it, I would rather pay the taxes now while I know what the rate is, while I have some control, rather than saying, you know, I'm just going to kick the can down the road mm -hmm. and I'll trust and pay whatever they tell me to pay then. That I'm not for. And a lot of times we will work with our clients to say, hey, at least, you know, by the time they've come to see us, they usually have these large right. 401ks that there's it's already there. So we want to be careful and we say, okay, well then let's start building some tax advantage vehicles, ones that you've already paid the taxes on so it can grow for you. So at retirement, we can say, okay, I'm going to take a little of this and a little bit of that. Exactly. Well, we did it five. We went through <laughs> all five. Goal setting, spending plan, mitigating risk, building wealth, and understanding how taxes and inflation can eat away at your retirement. So we want to bring this session to the close. Um, I want to encourage everyone to give us a call at 518-433-7181. Let's sit down together. and Let's apply these five steps in your financial picture. And then again, join us next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.